Please join me in the red hymnal as we sing the doxology number 549. number 651. Do not fret over those who do evil. Do not worry because they do wrong. For like grass they shall suddenly wither. Like the greenness of grass they shall fade. Trust in the Lord and do good. Enjoy the earth in security. Take delight in the Lord. He will give you what your heart desires. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him for he is active. He will make justice come like the dawn, like noon daylight, your justification. The Lord has help for the righteous in troubled times. He is their refuge. The Lord gives them help. He delivers them from the wicked. He saves them, for they trust him. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 485, Take My Life and Let It Be, number 485.
Let us go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our gracious God, we thank you for this time that we have together in worship. And Lord, we just ask that as we come here to honor you, we just want to rejoice in this time. Because Lord, we think of our relationship with you. We think about how personal it is. And as we pray to you right now, God, you know of the requests that we have in our lives. And Lord, we just lift them up to you. We humbly ask, Lord, that your spirit in our lives would make that understanding of the deep needs that we have, that many times words can not even make sense, or even as we utter them and we try to with our feelings, only it is through the spirit of God that you truly understand what we are asking for. And God, we would ask that, that you would hear those prayers through the presence of your spirit in our lives. And Lord, we think of family members and of friends. We think of patients throughout this medical center, the staff that is working today, the families that will be visiting. Lord, we lift them all up to you. And we ask, Lord, that you would intervene in the same way with the presence of your spirit in their lives, that you would hear their prayers and that you would hear their intentions as they try to do the best in the circumstances that they are in. And so, God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 480, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. Number 480.
scripture reading this morning is coming from the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, beginning with verse 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we thank you for the time that we have had thus far, the hymns that we have sung, the prayers that we have offered, the scriptures that we have read. And Lord, it has touched the heart of our spirit. And God, I would ask that that continuing touch of our hearts would be in the presence of worship as you help me say those things that we all need to hear so that we can better understand our relationship with you and with each other. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I hope you've had a good week, and I know that you should be aware of the way the, here at the medical center it's decorated that Halloween is coming upon us in the next few days. And of course, the title of my sermon this morning is, Are You Scared? Because obviously Halloween is a time in which we celebrate it to come out in costumes, and we try to go to haunted houses. If you've been to a haunted house before, you understand that the whole purpose there is to try to make you scare and I asked the question as I was preparing the sermon to morning, this morning, like, what am I scared of? I asked the question of you this morning, what are you scared of? In actuality, even though we have personal things that we are afraid of, I know that Lynn does not like bugs, and she's scared of bugs, Expect, especially large cockroaches, you know the kind I'm talking about, the tree cockroaches that you find down in the south. Uh, she's a scared of those, type, those types of bugs. I'm not scared of bugs, but I am scared of snakes and little slimy things that slither on the ground. I am scared of those things. In fact, when I was in the military, I always tried to establish my training, even if it was in the south or on the east, on the east coast, I always wanted to go during the wintertime because I didn't want to have to worry about those types of creatures uh, when we were out in the field. So we all have different things that we are personally scared of. But the scriptures remind us this morning that as long as we are obedient to Jesus Christ, there's nothing for us to be scared of in terms of our present relationship with God or in terms of our future relationship with God. And if we think about that and put it in perspective, you and I both do things in which we try to stay away or we try to prevent and not be involved in those things that make us scared, that give us that fear that we don't like to have, that fear that is very unsettling, the fear in our lives that makes us insecure about our relationship with others and about our relationship with God. The scriptures told us, have told us this morning that as long as we are obedient to Jesus Christ, we have nothing to be afraid of. 
because he has taken all of our fears. He has taken all of those things that we are scared of. He has taken all of those things that we feel insecure about, and he took them to the cross. And because of his obedience, his sacrifice was perfect. So that means that you and I, through God's grace, and through what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, that we too are perfect in spirit. And therefore, we have nothing to be scared of. We have nothing to fear in terms of our present lives or in the lives that is to come. But many times, though, we are overwhelmed with our fears. And there seems to be a contradiction in our lives when we believe that as a follower of Jesus Christ, that we should have no anxieties. We should have no insecurities. We should have no fears. The answer to that question is we shouldn't because of the way that Christ has made us perfect because of his supreme sacrifice. But yet that part of us that we still hold on to, that part of the human nature that the scriptures refer to, that part of us that we know exists, is deeply troubled and is deeply scared at times. But yet God tells us that we are not a product of our fears. And we should not be scared as long as we are in obedience to the things of Jesus Christ. Like the paraphrase scripture that I was using earlier this week, and basically it comes down to, if you do not forgive others, God cannot forgive you. So when I thought about that verse, I looked in my own life and I said, you know what, I've had a lot of people that have wronged me. The Bible tells me that I am to forgive them. And if I don't forgive them, God will not forgive me of my wrongs. I told Lynn that for me that should be a no-brainer because I have done more wrongs to other people than people have wronged me. So that's a good trade. That's a good swap. But yet there's something in that scripture that just reminded me that it is what we need to do in obedience to our relationship to Jesus Christ. And that is to forgive others. Because when we don't forgive others, not only does God not forgive us, but in the same way we hold on to the things in the past when we don't forgive others. And it makes us scared. It gives us insecurities. It makes us afraid. But God says, no, there's no reason for you to be scared. There is no reason for you to be afraid. And so the way that which we overcome that is to embrace the whole idea of forgiveness. The forgiveness that God wants us to express in our own lives. By forgiving the people that have wronged us. And when we are in that process, and once again it's an everyday process, it's doesn't happen in one epiphany moment when all of a sudden I can forgive everybody that has wronged me in the past, in the present, in the future. It doesn't happen that way for us. It is a process in which we have to do it on a daily basis. But then God reminds us as we are doing that on a daily basis, He is forgiving us of our wrongs, of our mistakes, of our errors in judgment, of our stupidity. And in that way, we can see that within our own lives, we have nothing to be afraid of. We have nothing to fear. 
we have nothing to be scared about. Because then we see in obedience to God that we are trying to do our best in our own personal lives. And we can't do it on our own. That's where God's grace comes in and reminds us that he is there to help us to overcome these things, to overcome these anxieties that we have. Because he wants us to live a life that gives us that peace, that gives us that joy that is beyond the understanding and comprehension of what human nature thinks is happiness. Human nature thinks is joy. It's something that goes beyond that. Because it's when we are able to maintain our joy in God, even when we are struggling, even when our life does not reflect the perfection that we'd like for it to be or that we hope for it to be. Even though we have those struggles, God reminds us that He is always there with us. And we do have problems. We do have problems in terms of who we are as as individuals. We have likes. We have dislikes. All of the circumstances about our lives, all the things that we have lived through, add to who we are. Many times we call those problems baggage. And you and I have different types of baggage that we carry with us through our lives. But God reminds us again and again that we do not have to carry that baggage with us. Because that baggage has been taken away because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. He tells us that if we turn those things over to him that we have been holding on to, if we take that baggage that has been part of our lives and we surrender it to God, he takes that load from us. He takes that load from us emotionally. He takes that load from us spiritually. And we're able to walk in the freedom of the spirit that God wants us to have. But yet many times we get caught in this cycle where we just seem to like to hold on to our problems. We seem to like to hold on to our pain because we know within that cycle how to control it. We know in that cycle of the problems that we hold on to, on the pain that we try to manage, we become familiar with it, but yet God tells us we do not have to live in that pain. We do not have to live with those problems. We do not have to live with those anxieties. And God wants us to see beyond the circumstances in which we find ourselves in to see beyond the present moment and the problems that we see before us. If you are a person that likes to make lists, I would suggest to you that on the top of your list that you put these words, seeing beyond, seeing beyond your problems today. And as you go through your checklist and as you deal with the different circumstances that you have to do, the things, the maintenance of life, as I like to call them, that we are all involved in, as we just need to take time to see beyond those things that we are doing, to experience the relationship that God wants us to have through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because then in that understanding, we truly do not need to be afraid. And then we see a way in which we can break that cycle that we have in our lives. The cycle that we have become so accustomed to that we don't have to live in that cycle. We can break out of that cycle. 
We can break out of the baggage that we've been holding on to. And we can follow Christ in true obedience and live free in Him the way that He wants us to live. And we need to see that as we look beyond our problems every day. We look to, need to see the example of Christ and what He did. That even in the most difficult times that was in His life, He used that to help him grow and to mature, to become the perfect sacrifice that God wanted him to be. And in the same way as we look to the example of Jesus Christ, many of the circumstances that we have found ourselves in, we have an opportunity to learn and to grow and to mature and to become stronger in our relationship with Christ. But the only way that we can do that, the only way that we can see beyond those circumstances is to look at the example of Jesus Christ and his obedience to what God had for him in his life. And in the same way, we need to see beyond our problems and look to the obedience of the example within our lives in terms of carrying out God's will for each and every one of our individual lives. And when we see that, when we begin to understand that God is working in your life and that God is working in my life, we can grow beyond the problems. And we see what our focus needs to be. We see within our own lives maybe the different things that are hindering our growth in Jesus Christ. That's preventing us from maturing spiritually the way God wants us to mature. But many times when we are caught up within our own problems. We lack the interest to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We just say, well, it's something that I have to do on Sunday or it's something I can watch on TV or it's something that I can experience when I get little devotionals on my phone. But it's more than that. It's a continuation of your life every day. But many times our problems that come up in our lives, we it takes away from our lack of interest in wanting to follow the things of God. And because we don't have the interest in the things of God, we see within our own lives that our lives don't seem to be progressing the way that we want them to be. Because we're allowing the problems that we have in our lives to overcome us, instead of us overcoming those problems. And so we say that we are lacking progress, And therefore we are lacking purpose. And because we don't have the purpose that God wants us to have, we lack the determination to overcome and to persevere those things that are in our lives. But then something very important happens to us when we allow the problems in our lives to overcome us. As we find ourselves lacking commitment of the things that God has put in our lives the lack of commitment to others, the lack of commitment in terms of what we have given our word or our dedication to doing, the lack of commitment in all the relationships that we have. Because when we allow the problems in our lives to overcome us, instead of looking at commitment in a positive way in which we want to be a solution to the problems in our lives, we just add to it because we say, I'm only here because I don't have any other choice. And we allow the constraints of our lives to be that commitment to us. God does not want constraints to be reflected of our commitment 
to him through his son, Jesus Christ. Commitment is something in which you and I need to be dedicated to. In the same way if we think about the commitment in our own personal lives, we want someone who is committed to us that is dedicated to us, that love us, that care for us, that want to be with us. We don't want somebody committed to us because of constraints. In the same way as we look at our lives with God, God wants us to be committed because we are devoted to Him. And we reflect that devotion in terms of our obedience through His Son, Jesus Christ. And then we see that as our commitment changes to become one of devotion, that the problems that we have in our lives can be overcome and our problems do not control us. We control the problems because we can see beyond those problems. We can see the example of Jesus Christ in our lives that helps us, that gives us the power, the strength, the insight, the vision to overcome the problems, the wisdom and the discernment that we need to have to make the right decisions. Because we see within that that the presence of the Spirit in our lives is the one that really helps us to grow. It helps us mature. It helps us to reflect the commitment that God wants us to have. And as we are committed to that through devotion to God, through our devotion to Christ, we understand that as we grow in Him that our faith becomes strengthened. Our patience begins to grow. Patience with ourselves first. Because we have to be patient with ourselves. And many times we become impatient with ourselves. And when we become impatient with ourselves, we just add to the problems that we already have in our lives. God wants us to have that spirit of patience. The patience that just says, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can in the circumstances in which I am in, and then I'm going to wait and watch God do the rest. That's patience. That's the patience that God wants us to have because it reflects our true devotion to the commitment that we've made when we allowed Christ to come into our lives. And then we see through that patience that as it grows and as it matures, it reflects the life that God wants us to have in obedience. And then we see beyond our problems and we handle those problems that we have in our lives one at a time with faith and with patience. Believing that God will work things out the way that God wants to work those things out. But the willingness in our own lives to to do our part, to to do the right things that we should be doing that are reflective of a Christ-like spirit And allow God to work through all of those other circumstances that are outside our control. And then we see that there's no reason for us to be afraid. There's no reason for us to be scared. There's no reason to look at the problems and the circumstances that we have in our lives and to be overcome with them. On the contrary, we should be looking at our problems, the circumstances that we have, in a way in which we can grow 
in faith, in a, which, in a way in which we can grow in patience, in a way that we can see beyond the problems and reflect the example that Christ wants us to be in obedience to him. Because remember what Christ did for you and for me. He went to the cross. He was crucified. He died a terrible and horrible death. He was buried. He was put in the grave. But yet he rose again. And he appeared to his disciples. And then many more people. And then he ascended with a promise for you and I that he will come back. Not only for the living, but for those that have died in Christ as well. And that gives us the assurance that we need to have that there is no reason for us to be scared of the present or of the future. As long as we continue to be committed in a devotion to Christ that reflects the obedience in the same way that Christ was obedient to God the Father. And in doing so, we can celebrate each day of our lives with joy and with peace that passes all of our understanding. Amen. Please take a few moments as we prepare our hearts for communion, in which we share communion publicly to anyone who comes and worships in our chapel that has trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for the time that we've had together, this time of worship in which we can honor you, a time in which we are reflective of the commitment that we have one of devotion, one that provides us and strengthens our faith, one that gives us the perseverance to see you working in our lives and the patience to understand. God, we thank you for this time of communion. We thank you for this time that we can just celebrate and honor you in terms of all the things that you have done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for your grace to each and every one of us. Amen.
For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please join me in our closing hymnal, number 504, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. 504. united our hearts this morning and Lord we just praise you that you have reminded us to see beyond our problems and to see you working in our lives help us God to have our confidence in that presence of spirit and now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore amen thank you for coming Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.